Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christianta, over there. To my actual left, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing well today. Uh, it's a good week or so to be a Red Sox fan. I will tell you that six-game winning streak, I was not ready for a four-game sweep of the Blue Jays at yeah. all, as I mentioned on this show right. uh, on Monday. But uh, I promise we're not going to spend that much time on the Red Sox today. Yeah, no. we got some other topics to get into. Yeah, we got some other topics to get into. But yeah, like... Uh, and it's not like even the Blue Jays were going in the wrong direction. They were they were also hot. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, just a random little four game four game sweep with the Blue Jays. Who who knew who knew that would happen? Exactly. No, it's been it was crazy. Uh, seeing everyone step up has been weird. You know, it, yeah. it feels like they're developing players consistently this year. Like Connor Wong looks good. Emmanuel Valdez looks good. Jaron Duran looks good. Yoshida looks insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of lots of like. Good hitters hitting the ball, you know, where they need to be at the, at the, you know, hitting the ball hard too. Um, I don't know what the team like strikeout rate is at, but I imagine that's lower than normal. Um, but yeah, I'm, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, you know, we, we kind of talked about, we prefaced this, uh, earlier this week talking about the ALEs, but like, you know, the Red Sox are, they're, no matter where they are this year, they're pro- they're going to be like fun to watch, and that's that's kind of what we've seen. They they may be extremely frustrating at times, but they're they're fun to watch. Yeah, um, a team that hasn't been fun to watch this season has been the St. Louis Cardinals. They are currently ten and twenty two after suffering a sweep at home to the Angels. Uh, they like ten and twenty two. They have the worst record in the National League, and let me tell you, Chris, it's the starting pitching. Uh, no doubt about it. We've memed on the on the Cardinals starting pitching for many years on this show about how they, you know, they have the most unconventional way of getting it done, uh, and now they just have an unconventional way that doesn't get it done. They yeah. are twenty fourth in F four in the league, one point four one home runs per nine as a staff. That's pretty bad. Um, Jordan Montgomery has one point two F four. The whole team combined, including Jordan Montgomery, has one one point zero F four. Yeah, Jordan Montgomery makes up 120% of the team's F4. Uh, they're the rotation's F4. They've only gone with the same five starters the whole year, believe it or not. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it hasn't worked. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, their their rotation is interesting. Heading into the year, I knew it would be interesting. Very very low strikeout rate is the most significant thing about... Mm-hmm. The most significant thing about them. Um, knowing that you're going to rely on to you know, completely dominate the game. Um, so, but one of the points I made when talking about the Cardinals and why I thought they were going to be the, you know, reigning uh, and repeating uh, NL Central champions was, you know, that that's kind of been their model over the past few years. Um, but they've had an amazing defense to work with for, you know, balls in play. I feel like they're, their uh, team, like Babbitt against, is usually like 280 or 
275. Um, at, at you know, in this small in in this in this month plus of of baseball, the Cardinals are currently currently have neutral defense according to Statcast. They have zero outs above average. Um, normally, they're you know over the past couple of years they've been top five. I'm not saying that that's you know the main reason that the uh, Cardinals are allowing more runs, but uh, that that does probably play a factor that they're not necessarily a top five defense so far this year. Uh, I, I mentioned this you know in my last point, but it, between the last three full seasons in 2019, their rotation had the eighth lowest uh, home runs per nine, which is at 1.26, which is insane. But <laughs> that just speaks to how many home runs there were in 2019. In 2021, they were the fourth lowest, I believe, at 1.09. Uh, is that what it was? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, they were at 1.09 last year. And that was the fourth lowest. And then 2022, they were at 0.91, which was the second lowest. And now they're at 1.41, which is among the worst in baseball. Uh, so, you know, I mean, if you want to if you want to pinpoint a specific problem within the Cardinals rotation, which has been the worst part of the team and a lot of the reason why we're, we're looking at them at 10 and 22, they're giving up way too many home runs. Uh, and when, you know, Miles Michaelis just doesn't have the stuff that he used to, and he already didn't throw hard to begin with when you have... You know, Jack Flaherty, who's back from injury, you know, thankfully, but he doesn't have good command. He isn't throwing very hard, not like he used to. You know, same thing is the problem. You have Jake Woodford, who is, you know, no disrespect to him, but he, you know, wasn't really a major league pitcher before. Um, so he's kind of, you know, adjusting to, to big league hitting. Uh, and then who am I missing here besides uh, besides Montgomery as the last one? Steven Matz. Yeah, I mean, that, that contract... Uh, Hasn't looked great so far. Uh, he is 1.74 home runs per nine, uh, which is the second most in the staff. Yeah, uh, and and yeah, they they haven't been they haven't been doing well at, at preventing home runs. Uh, maybe a factor you could maybe point to is who they're facing. Um, although it's not you know it's not a ridiculous schedule by by any stretch. However, uh, just looking at who they've lost to. And who they've been swept by because they've taken already three series sweeps. Uh, they've been swept by the Braves, who uh, are doing really well. You know, expected to be one of the best teams in baseball. Um, and you know, if the Cardinals want to be a playoff contender, they're going to have to beat the good teams. However, you know, they did take a sweep against uh, against the Braves. Uh, they took a sweep against the Dodgers, who you know want it you know that saying. Well, yeah, obviously, histor- over the past decade has been the best regular season baseball team in baseball. And then uh, with the with the with the most recent one, that's probably the most alarming. You know, they got swept by the Angels, who, uh, you know, obviously you're more optimistic about. However, you know, you they were hovering bef- 500 before this uh, before this uh, stretch against the Cardinals, and you know they went into Bush Stadium and and took all three from them. Uh, one yeah. of them was very winnable too. They were leading three, four to three in the ninth inning uh, on, I believe it was Wednesday, and uh, who was it? Jake Lamb hit a home run off Giovanni Gallegos, mm-hmm. uh, and then another one was hit later in the inning. I don't remember who it was, but it yeah. ended up being a six-four final. Yeah, I remember people were so ready to to you know meme on the Angels because Shohei Otani uh, struck out his 500th career batter, and he became the first player. In like the last century, with uh, 500 strikeouts and 100 home runs, 
And like ESPN stats and info tweeted that and said the Angels are currently losing four to three. And I was like, man, they were so ready. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. so ready. But They'd... the Cardinals had to had to ruin a classic tungsten armed game. Yeah, yeah. The that's the um, yeah they had the finger on the trigger for sure. Uh, I saw um. <laughs> Someone I follow on Twitter who's an Angels fan, he got a notification on the ESPN app, uh, like highlighting an Angels win. It was like Otani home run plus Angels win, and it's like, and he was like, "Dude, stop! <laughs> that's that's not nice." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So the Cardinals took that sweep. They've also lost series to the Diamondbacks, despite outscoring them in a, in a three game set. Uh, they've lost a series to the Brewers, which was a very important series for them early on in the year. Yep. Um, they split with the Pirates, and then they've lost series also to the Mariners and the Giants. Giants was a tough one. Uh, I know they also blew a lead in that one and, and uh, allowed... Like a, Sable hit a walk-off, I believe, in one of those, right? Yeah, there was there was a walk-off there. Um, you know, a, a blown save in that one, too. So, you know, not the, not the best from them. Uh, maybe I yeah, the the starters have been have been not great, and yeah, maybe I wonder if they have a poor like win probability added specifically. Like that's definitely possible. Um, while you're looking into that, Tyler O'Neill has a uh, three thirty nine BABIP this year. Do you want to guess what his batting average is? A th- a three thirty nine BABIP. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know it's low, but I'm not sure. Is it like a 210 it's 228 yeah yeah which uh, the reason for that is he's been he's struck out 34.3 percent of the time yeah uh, which is usually among league leaders he has a 73 weighted runs created plus and also bad defense and base running which gives him the lowest f4 among position players on the team uh there was obviously the whole jordan walker controversy uh where he got sent out of the minors you know he had a very hot start to the season and he's looked awesome on Statcast. uh he had like a ten game hit streak to start his career, and uh, was one of like the it was like one of the best streaks to ever start a career. But uh, if you if you look beyond the streak in the eight games following, he was hitting one ninety two with a two thirty one slugging and a four eighty one OPS. He was hitting the ball very hard, but on the ground a lot. He also was playing pretty terrible defense at shortstop. Um, he, you know, so he got sent down. Uh, Alec Burleson has had his moments, but overall just hasn't looked great. Um, I mean, if you're looking at, you know, the guys that have been really kind of carrying this offense, it's kind of exclusively been like the, uh, you know, Paul Goldschmidt, obviously. Um, William Wilson Contreras has looked a lot better. He got off to a slow start, but he looks fine now. Uh, Lars Nupar was hurt, but you know, he, he's been all right when he's been there. Uh, Paul DeYoung in a few plate appearances has been solid. The Nolan Gorman breakout, uh, I still think is real. And then Tommy Edmonds has been decent. But, I mean, you know, guys that aren't stepping up are, are Nato mostly. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have seen, like, his Savant page and, and the struggles of him. But also Brandon Donovan, Dylan Carlson, uh, guys that just have not gotten it done on a consistent basis. Yeah, yeah. And uh, looking... Deeper into the Cardinals and their and their pitching situation as we go back to that, uh, they have overall the second worst uh, win prob win probability added for pitchers and the also the second worst uh, bullpen win probability added for pitchers. Uh, the only team uh, worse than them is the Oakland Athletics. Mm. So yeah, that so you know overall the that and. 
And that's significant with the Cardinals bullpen because they actually have like an average ERA and a better than average FIP. So you would expect that win probability average, that win probability added to correlate. But because things have just not gone their way in, uh, in you know, the quote unquote clutch situations, they've been second worst in win probability added. So um, not a, uh, not a great sign. And the, the A's, they're, they're like bullpen win probably added is probably low because they're just bad in any situation, whereas the Cardinals have been bad in specifically uh, clutch situations. The uh, Cardinals have, interestingly, the f- uh, fourth highest um, hard hit rate in the league at 43.5%. They also have, uh, where are they in exit velocity? They're fifth, sixth? Sixth in exit velocity. Uh, so I'm, I'm imagining some... some problematic batted ball numbers uh for st louis yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they have uh the one two three four five the sixth highest ground ball rate in the league that's not great um their line drive rate is around the middle of the pack i guess that's not too bad yeah i mean they're oh you know what they're, they're uh their offense overall has been technically above average. Yeah, their their fly ball rate has been the one, two, three, four, five, six, so the eighth eighth lowest. Um, yeah, and I I know that the Cardinals have a lot of guys that maybe shouldn't be hitting too many fly balls, like Tommy Edmond, uh, is one of is one that comes to mind. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. To be fair to the Cardinals' offense, I think they have a team 104 OPS plus. However, it was a lot better last year. It was at like 113, 114. Um, so there are some steps to be taken, especially from players like Arenado, O'Neal, um, and uh, and a couple other guys. So you know, I would expect progression from from some guys. You know, outlooking what the Cardinals have coming up. Um, great time for a series against Detroit at home. Um, so they have that they're, you know, on a six game losing streak, they have Detroit at home who actually Detroit swept the Mets just recently. However, you know, the Cardinals on paper should be doing, uh, doing all right against the Tigers. Uh, on the pitching side, the Cardinals have, uh, the highest exit velocity against at 90.4 miles per hour. Uh, interestingly, their launch angle is one of the lowest. Um, so they are presumably allowing a lot of ground balls. Yeah, uh, probably not a lot of pop-ups though. Yeah, fifth, fifth highest, and yeah, pop-ups only three point seven percent. The very worst. Great call. Yeah, great call. So if yeah, because hypothetically, if if you have a low launch angle, you're not hitting a lot of balls. Yeah, very high. Yeah, I mean, because you know it is average, so you know there is a little couple things that are misleading. But yeah, lowest pop-up percentage. Um, that's not great. Right. Um. So they got Detroit coming up. They go on the road to Wrigley. Uh, where the Cubs are on a little bit of a little bit of a skid of their own, it seems like, because I remember they were significantly above 500, but now they are under 500, and then they go on the road to Boston, um, where who knows, maybe they'll be on a 14 game win streak or something like that, or yeah. maybe they will be Not on the Cardinals. A, the the yeah the the Red Sox will be on a 14 team game winning streak, or they'll be on a five game losing streak. You never know. Um, <laughs> so. There's that, and then the Cardinals after Boston uh, have a have a, another key matchup against Milwaukee. You know those those matchups are maybe even emphasized a little more that there's less uh, divisional matchups because you only get you only get four series to um, try to 
gain that uh, gain that ground, even if it's early in the season. Um, yeah. Uh, anything more on the uh, Cardinals? Um, I mean, where do we? I mean, how? I mean, they are in a not fantastic division. You know, no one's really pulling away with that division, other than the Pirates. I guess they've obviously been making plenty of headlines. Um, the Cardinals are 10 games out of the division right now, and obviously, like I mentioned, they have the worst record of the National League. Is it too early to say it's over? Um, that's a good question. Uh, because 10 and 22 is, that's pretty bad. Yeah, 10 and 22 is, is pretty bad, and also, with, with more playoff spots, there's a little less incentive to just really turn on, you know, foot on the gas and and uh take that division um the i'm trying to think of reasons to say it's not over um first of all with the pirates like that's the team leading the division and you know although they've been fun to watch it's doubtful that they will be able to keep up the pace that they're keeping i think they're already on a three or four game losing streak right now um despite keeping that top spot in the in the central um, what I'm more concerned about is the Brewers being eight games ahead of the Cardinals. Uh, we knew the Brewers were going to be a challenge for the Cardinals. Uh, there's a reason why they won that division two years ago and almost made the playoffs uh, last year. So I think I'm concerned about the Brewers being eight games ahead. Um, I might I might report back to this uh, after the Cardinals face the Brewers again um, in, uh, in mid-May. Because if, yeah. if the Brewers have like a sweep of the Cardinals uh, and the standings look similar to this. Uh, I think, I think the Brewers are definitely the dead on favorites and it might be out of reach for the Cardinals at that point. One thing that really shocks me is that St. Louis really did not address the rotation in the off season. I think they got way too comfortable with guys like, you know, guys like Miles Michaelis kind of overperforming last year and Jordan Montgomery and granted he's been solid. Uh, but, you know, I feel like they got too comfortable in what they already had, especially because they were losing Jose Quintana, a yeah. guy that was fantastic for them down the stretch. And, you know, I get that the injury happened, but, you know, who knows what happens if he's still with St. Louis. Right. You know, you can't say. But even then, you know, the fact that they did not address anything, they could have gotten Carlos Rodon for a really good contract, uh, which, granted, that would not look too good at this point anyway. But, I mean, you know, they could have gotten a guy like Tyler Anderson. That guy perfectly fits what the Cardinals have. Yeah. You know, that would have been a, a really solid pickup. I mean, they could have gotten a guy like, you know, uh, this is just from the free agent market. They could have gotten a guy like, you know, uh, Chris Bassett. They could have gotten Ross Stripling. Jameis Ed, maybe not Jameis and Tyon for the contract he got. Um, right. Michael, not- Wa- Michael Waka, a guy, you know, that's a familiar face with St. Louis. I mean, there are there were a lot of guys. Sean Manaya, uh, Nathan Ovaldi. Yeah, you know Andrew Heaney. Yeah, they, they they there were a lot of guys that they just and to my knowledge, I don't even remember them being particularly interested in anyone either. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it yeah it's uh it's interesting for sure. Like they could have traded for Pablo Lopez, like the the Twins did. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, offense was their strength last year, but yeah, it wasn't like oh yeah, this rotation's completely fine. Like yeah, we're gonna be. You know, we're we're I mean, definitely look, reliant yeah, upon yeah. Wainwright and Michael is here. Like, I don't think anyone's complaining about the offense or the bullpen that they went into the start into the season with. 
Um, you know, I think a lot of people even felt confident in that. I mean, you had them as the division champions. I had them as the division champions. But, yeah, they really did not do enough to address this rotation. And I think it's very apparent with kind of the worst-case scenario playing out for every guy except for Montgomery. Right, yeah. And it's not like they have anybody uh, nope. super high in the farm system ranks that could help well, they them have out. Wainwright coming back this weekend. But, yeah, you know, I mean, if if we're how, – how old is he now? 41? Uh. Yeah, I think he's 41. Yeah, I mean, when you when your savior in this situation is a 41-year-old, it's not great. And I'm not saying Wainwright's over the hill and done. You know, he could still be a, you know, a decent pitcher for them down the stretch. But, I mean, you know, he's kind of being put in a situation this weekend, especially in his final season, where it's like, dude, please, we're desperate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, so... Cardinals, yeah, and have put themselves in a rough situation. It's more than, it's it's yeah, it's more than like a uh, little oh, you know, first couple weeks not doing so hot. It's been you know, it's been over a month now, and uh, and yeah, in the cellar of the NL Central, um, ten games out of first place, eight games behind the Brewers specifically, which was which is probably realistically their biggest challenge in that division. Um, so yeah, not not the way they wanted to start out. Um, and they've, they've lost, you know, they've lost some series to good teams, but it, where it wasn't even competitive and they've also lost some series to some teams they probably should have beat like the angels and the, and the giants. Mm-hmm. One thing that we, uh, are we done with the Cardinals now? Sure. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I forgot to mention that we should talk about Bryce Harper uh, yeah. coming back from Tommy John surgery in like 150 something days. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty insane i don't know if you've seen but he's playing with like a full cast on his on his arm that's why no i ha- i haven't seen that's crazy yeah that's like one, crazy. it's like one of those things it's like in like when you break your like wrist in like first grade and you get it signed by everyone yeah <laughs> like he's playing with one of those yeah it doesn't look the exact same but like the size of it yeah they i mean it said the report said doctors cleared him to play so obviously he's ready to ready to go out there and you know I, th- I think it's kind of presumed around the baseball world that Bryce Harper is a very tough competitor um so he really wanted to get out there and yeah that's I mean with the Phillies particularly they kind of they kind of survived without him yeah they uh we were definitely worried about him the worried about them the first week of the season I think they started the season like one and five or something like that they were not putting themselves in a good position however they they kind of recorrected um you know they're they've hovered 500 they're at 15 and 17 which you know probably not division winners but we didn't really expect that this season uh but kind of in a position where they can definitely compete for the playoffs this year and yeah having their best bat back um it's not only good for on the field but it's also just you know, I think we talked about it before the the season ever started um, in our predictions episode. But Bryce Harper is like one of the only guys that has been there for you know more than a few years, uh, and he's he's kind of even though he started his career in Washington, he's kind of become the face of that franchise and uh, and kind of the soul of that lineup. Um, so, and we saw that in the playoffs with how great of an impact he was able to make you know when he went the rest of the Phillies offense sort of went so um it's very exciting if you're a Phillies fan to uh to see this and you know it could possibly you know 
it didn't this this past uh this past week so far, but it could you know reignite the Phillies and uh and get them moving in the in an even better direction. Yeah, I mean it is just downright insane that he is back uh this soon. I'm I'm guessing he can probably only DH. Yeah. Uh knowing him will be playing the outfield in two weeks. Right. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean this is insane. It's great for baseball that someone like Bryce, you know, first of all, that someone like Bryce Harper, you know, a, a face of the game, someone who's been such an icon for a decade that he's played, you know, a perennial future Hall of Famer in the making, already at 50 wins above, almost 50 wins above replacements. Um, a guy that, you know, came back from injury last year uh, and had a really good run. And then at the same time, uh, had like an iconic postseason, one of the best moments in recent history. Yeah. Uh, and now this, I mean, this is something that we don't see. You know, like people have their cool postseason moments. People have their MVP seasons. No one has their coming back from Tommy John surgery in 150 days. Yeah, no. Even if it's just a DH, it's insane. Yeah, it it really is. It really is. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm. It makes me a little more curious on. Uh, you know what went in what went into that was it a great doctor was it a great uh you know recovery um program that that Bryce Harper you know was was under um whatever it was it worked very well and uh it's it's fun it it makes like we we know the impact that this is going to have on the lineup uh we we talked about it after the opening after opening weekend that you know Outside of Schwarber, Real Muto, uh, and Trey Turner, the lineup did not look too intimidating. Um, but now with Harper, it, it really adds an, a whole other element to it, uh, both in power and, and getting on base. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Seeing, it, seeing what he can do with uh, basically one arm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's already... Um, you know, I haven't looked at the stat cast data for this, but in two games, he's he's three for seven with a with a double. So that, yeah, and two walks. So he's uh, doing well so far. And they were against the Dodgers too. Yeah, against the Dodgers. Um, so yeah, the uh, Bryce Harper coming back, very very nice. Um, so uh, the last bit of a conversation we'll get into prior to uh, our players to highlight. Um, and, uh, we found a new way of, uh, of, of, <laughs> of pimping any sort of baseball activity. Yeah. Wander Franco, uh, Brian Reynolds hit a, a ground ball to Wander Franco and made, it was, it was a routine play. Franco fielded it. It was hit pretty hard. So Reynolds obviously wasn't too far down the line and Franco had a lot of time to make the play. So he, he picked up the ball and like flipped it up, caught it and then threw it to first to get the out. Uh, it's, you know, it, we've never seen anything like that before. It's yeah. cool as hell. Yeah. I, I think it's dope. How far, how hard was it hit? Um, uh, I don't think it's this game. No, it, when was, was, it was two it? days ago. It was two days ago. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was very cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's only a, there's only specific occasions when you can do that and it's when it is hit, you know, hard like that. Um, and I think this one was probably, this is probably the, uh, uh, this might've been the 103 mile per hour one. (laughs) 
if it happened in the seventh inning. I don't know what inning it was. I only really saw the highlight. Yeah. Um. So now, now I'm extra curious. I'll. <laughs> I mean, I'll Brian Brian Reynolds has what's what would his sprint speed be, percentile wise? Probably not low. No, he's seventy fourth. Yeah, I mean that's not someone who's slow. Right. Right. Yeah. That's that's a pretty. That's a pretty, uh, yeah. That's a pretty fast guy, relatively. Mm-hmm. All I see is the, all I can find is like the slow motion of it, and not yeah. the actual play in real time. Um, because yeah, and it's just clips of people talking about it. Imagine just the, imagine fu- just the funniest about thing. It. I think the the funniest thing, uh, and the most predictable thing was the the Twitter account baseball history nut. Yeah, that was the only tweet i've seen i haven't i haven't seeked out any tweets i'm sure there are plenty out there but that was the only tweet i saw in my timeline that was like you know i'm all for i'm all for you know having fun but i don't like this from wander franco yeah yeah i don't know it's it's also i just don't really see it becoming that much of a trend because it was so unique that like and also if you don't make that play it's over right yeah yeah and how often is a ball hit so hard that you can that you can like gather it, flip it, and then throw it to first. Because it's also it didn't like, even look like that type of play. Like when you have the ball spinning up in the air like that, it can be kind of tricky, especially when when your momentum is shifting to a different direction to actually like catch it. Right. Yeah. Like it didn't look that easy. Yeah. You know, it, obviously, like it's easy to just flip a ball up and catch it with your bare hand, but when you're in motion like that, like I can't imagine it's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, and and what's what also should be noted is it it was. Not necessarily a bang bang play, but it it was kind of close. It was kind of yeah. a close play. Yeah, he beat him by like a step and a half, maybe. Right. Yeah. So like, and and that was a hard hit ball. So you can only do that so often. So I yeah. don't think this is going to be necessarily a and or it's got to be like a guy that's. I mean, I feel like it's weird to do it when it's like I don't know, not to call anyone in particular out, but like if Martin Maldonado was batting. Right. Yeah. It's like, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? Why don't you just walk the ball over to first at that point? Yeah. <laughs> if If you're gonna do something cool. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you got this first percentile sprint speed yeah. guy out there. <laughs> he's not gonna. He's not gonna. He's not gonna do. Uh, it's not that impressive to throw him out like that. Uh, yeah. But also, you, yeah, you're not a. No one's doing that with Corbin Carroll on the bases either. <laughs> that I mean, that'd be that'd be awesome if they did. Oh worked. yeah, if <laughs> I mean that's that's you. He would have to hit like a ball harder than O'Neill Cruz did. Yes, that one time, <laughs> he would have to have like a one twenty five like uh, exit velocity right to the second baseman. Right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like doesn't have to move at all. Yep. Yep. Yeah. After after uh, picking the ball out from the hole in his glove, he'll yep. Yeah, exactly. He'll flip it and throw it to first. Um, I guess a candidate, some candidates for this to happen to are like I think Stanton would be a good yeah. candidate. Stanton, yeah, that's fair. He's the um, king of like the hundred twenty mile per hour ground yeah, ball. And he's not terribly fast either. Um, nope, no, not at all. Yeah, I mean he'll hit balls hard enough. I'm I'm thinking of candidates to do this. The first one that that comes to mind is Javi Baez. Yeah, like you know, not other than Franco, obviously. Um, Javier Baez, I could see doing this, especially from shortstop, like taking it to another level. Because Franco obviously did it from second. Right. I I wonder. I wonder if there's like sort of a going to be an unwritten thing of like you got to be also doing hot as a player 
to yeah. sort of because Franco is doing really well. I was gonna say like if Baez is doing it with his like one sixty eight average and his eighty percent whiff rate on sliders. Right. Yeah. 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 Like you, <laughs> you kind of got to be swinging the bat yeah. too. Um, you know, you got to be what, like. What my uh, high school coach would always say is like, "Show me your major league contract and then do that." It's like at this level, it's like, "Show me your your uh, <laughs> double digit year extension." Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's gonna be Franco and and uh, Lindor. Yeah. Maybe Turner if he wants to. <laughs> yeah. But even, I don't know the way he's hitting right now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I know. <laughs> 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 that can mean one of two things. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna talk about him later, or you've been watching it all year from your F4 team. I've been watching both. it. All, I've been watching it all year from my F4 team. That's yeah. for sure. That that I can guarantee. That I can guarantee. You. Yeah, that I'm certain of. Yes. The other one, not certain. Couldn't yeah. tell you. He was a he was a steal at number thirteen, but so far not looking like it. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, so. It's it's interesting. I think I think there's. It, it it sparks conversation, obviously. Yeah. But I think no one's really going to surprise you with a take. There's going to be the people that are uh, <laughs> the people that don't like. Bat- I think the 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 best take was the Brian the one that Brian Reynolds himself had. Uh, <laughs> where he said like I saw it. I wasn't that impressed. <laughs> Which is I think just such a great reaction image. Yeah. Like I really wanted to. So Chris and I this week. Uh, played in a uh, student media basketball game. Yeah. Uh, Chris and I both did, we're both retired now, but both did student media at Springfield College. He did newspaper, I did television, and we had a little TV versus newspaper, you know, friendly competition. And we had like a whole group chat where we were, you know, like, uh, you know, talking some smack and whatnot. And yeah. I really wanted to send that and be like, me to this person's performance yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw it, wasn't impressed. <laughs> Yeah, it, that that is that will be used for time and time again for sure. Yep. But yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna surprise you with the take. I think that I think the Super Seventy Sports account is gonna is gonna be a little wary of it. I think, um, you know the the people that you know work for MLB and MLB social media accounts and you well, know we'll are firing it up. Our ge- our generation will be like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, but you know it it was cool, but. I don't see it becoming a huge thing around baseball. It was either. very funny because Franco homered the next day, and there were people being like, "Oh my God, you got to bench him right now!" And then people would, would reply with the home run, being <laughs> like, "Good thing you didn't get benched." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin Cash had a very cool quote, um, where he was like, "He was like, well, now my son's gonna like want to go into the backyard and have me teach him that play, but." He's not going to be able to do it because he's not Wander Franco or something like that. <laughs> That's funny. He's like, I couldn't even teach him that because like I'm not that cool. I forget what the actual quote was. I'm gonna, I want to try to find it. But Kevin Cash, maybe that's a surprising take on it. Yeah. Because he def. Yeah. Okay. So his his quote was, "I get home and now my son JD is gonna look at me and tell me to tell me to go out there and how to practice." that play with him. Unfortunately, I won't be able to because I can't relate to that amount of confidence that Wander plays with. It's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a I, I don't know. I like the quote. I, I think it's great. Yeah, it's a cool quote. You know, manager, I mean, Tony LaRusa would not have said that. No. <laughs> he would not have said that. Yeah, it's it's cool. You know, it kind of s- solidifies like what Kevin Cash is. He seems like a player-friendly mm-hmm. manager. Um and yeah, you know, reason why he's two-time manager of the year too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's the that's Wander Franco. Um, 
So uh, yeah, we sh- we can uh, get into players to highlight at the moment um, for good and bad reasons. Where uh, f- we now will get into our uh, Friday, May fifth, twenty twenty three edition of. How about that? Who do you have for us today? Uh, so my how about that is a guy that at first glance. You know, no one really, I don't think a lot of people really think about this. Uh, but as of right now, I don't think this will stand. But as of right now, probably the comeback player of the year, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez yeah. from the Detroit Tigers. I mean, I think if assuming he comes back, Liam Hendricks will probably end up winning it yeah. for a fair reason. But doesn't matter. Over his last five starts, Erod has a .52 ERA and a 2.18 FIP. Uh, he leads the American League in F4 over that span. He also leads the majors in ERA. Uh, his cutter, which is his secondary pitch, has the lowest run value among all cutters in baseball. That is minus six. And 5.9, 5.9 of that six has come in that span. So in five starts, Erod has basically had the best cutter of all cutters this year entirely. And that's just in five starts again. Uh among the 53 pitchers to throw at least 50 cutters in this span, Erod has the Erod's cutter has the third lowest average against at 111, the third lowest slugging against also at 111, the second lowest woba against at 0.99, the seventh lowest expected batting average against at 1.66, the or sorry, 0.166, the fourth lowest expected slugging against at 0.207, the fourth lowest expected weighted on base average against at 164, and the fourth lowest average exit velocity against at 79.9 miles per hour. Uh, the soft hit threshold is 80, and Erod's average exit velocity on his cutter is below that. During this span, Erod has 29, 29 balls hit against him to the opposite field. That is the most in the majors. And opponents are hitting 103 on such batted balls. They are slugging 138, and they have a WOBA against of 105. Uh, Erod has been leading the Tigers' rotation pretty, you know, pretty solidly throughout this span. He's gone out there and dominated every single time. At one point, he had a no-hitter that went into the seventh inning. Uh, and for the first time, it really sees, feels like we're watching the $75 million pitcher that the Tigers signed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. How about that? Yeah, the cutter working very well. Um, probably better than it ever did with the Red Sox. Oh, definitely. Well, he didn't throw it that much with the Red Sox. Yeah, the s- Tigers have increased his usage for sure. Yeah, I definitely remember him being more a four-seam and change-up guy um, with the Red Sox. But yeah, good. To, I mean, the cutter being having having a 79.9 mile per hour average exit velocity against is pretty crazy. I mean, that's the fact. Like, it's hard to get a hit when <laughs> when the average exit velocity is that is that low against it. Mm-hmm. So for my how about that, I'm keeping it sort of Red Sox themed. I'm going with the Red Sox player. He's been kind of capturing uh, capturing Red Sox Nation over the past uh, 15 games or so. It's Connor Wong. It's Connor Wong. No, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, Jaron Duran, actually. There were like five different players you could have gone with. Yeah, really. I was ready to hear Yoshida. I was ready to hear Connor Wong. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going with Jaron Duran because uh, he is the leader in F4 yeah. since being called up, uh, which is pretty crazy to to think about considering um, all the ups and downs he's had uh, in his career with the Red Sox prior to the season. Um, 
Since being called up on April 17, Duran is hitting 417 with an 1139 OPS. And since his call-up out of 183 qualifiers, he ranks first in average, fourth in on-base percentage, fourth in OPS, and uh, as I mentioned, he is first in F-War. From last year to this year, his average exit velocity has gone from 89.3 miles per hour to 92.3 miles per hour. Hard hit rate has gone from 38% to 56%. Uh, his sweet spot rate has gone from 28% to 33%. Barrel rate has gone from 7.7% to 13.3%. And his line drive rate specifically has gone from 16.9% to 31.1%. Uh, that is way, way above average. League average line drive rate is usually around 24, 25%. Uh, and when he hits line drives, he also hits it hard. of his batted balls overall have been hard hit line drives, which is the highest rate out of 247 hitters with 25 plus batted balls since he was called up. And on those hard hit line drives, uh, as you would guess, he has had major success. He is 12 for 13 on those batted balls with five doubles and a home run. Uh, and along with his amazing contact, you know, as, as we mentioned, this batted ball profile looks extremely, extremely good for, uh, for Jaron Duran. Also, his strikeout rate, whiff rate, and chase rate are career lows in his three years uh, at the major league level. And his walk rate is a career high. Uh, so he's hitting the ball extremely hard. He's hitting a lot of line drives. The most hard hit line drives, the, the highest rate of hard hit line drives in baseball since his call up. And uh, also strikeout rates low, walk rates higher. Um, so yeah, Jaron Duran getting a. How about that? Um, all right, so now we go from the highs to the lows. Where we're talking players and subjects that have been underperforming with our uh, Friday, May fifth, twenty twenty three edition of. Slightly alarming. Who do you have for us today? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we have the same guy here. This is from. The Cardinals, the team we talked about earlier, it's Nolan Arnato. Yeah. I think that's the most pretty obvious, slightly alarming that yeah. we that we could have done. It's a slam dunk one. Yeah, since April seventeenth, the same day that you used for Jeremy Duran, Nolan Arnato is slashing one twenty three, one eighty, one forty, three twenty one for a negative seven weighted runs created plus. He is homerless in that span. He is one extra base hit, which was a double, uh, and he is one RBI. That is a, I believe, 15-game span where Nolan Arnato has driven in one run. His OBP, slugging, OPS, and weighted runs created plus all rank last among qualifiers over that span. Arnato's ground ball rate has risen by 13.7% since last year, the sixth largest year-to-year change between 2022 to 23 among the 182 qualifiers. His average exit velocity on fly balls this year is 86.5 miles per hour, and that's the first time it's dipped below 90 in his career. So he went from consistently putting up 90s to 86.5, which is a dreadful drop. Uh, Arnato, interestingly, has seen more sliders than fastballs this year. And among the 230 hitters with 300 total pitches seen, at least, Arnato has seen the highest percent of sliders total. 30% of the pitches he's seen have been sliders. And he has a negative 2 run value 
and a 293 slugging against them. Additionally, he has a 192 average against four seamers, and he is slugging 346, which is not too impressive. He has a whiff rate of 22.9% against uh, four seam fastballs this year, after only having a 13.3% whiff rate against them last year. So Nolan Arnato, he's not making good contact, and he's making less contact, and that is why he is my slightly alarming. Uh, yeah, Nolan Arenado is uh, looking um yeah this was a yeah one of us had to do it so why not both of us yeah uh it's because like it literally what happened with me is i looked at i looked at i picked a random date it happened to be april 17th and i looked at the way to runs created plus leader yeah or leaders and uh jaron duran was up there and i was like all right so now i'll start my slightly army let's just look at this span and see who's at the bottom and then i saw nolan arenado and i was like wow yeah i almost went with someone else because it felt too obvious that you were gonna do it but i was like i can't risk him not doing yes. it and then yes. nobody talking about it yes uh so to Add to your numbers, you know, I met in my notes I mentioned the the average in the OPS and him being worst in on base percentage slugging and OPS. Uh also his expected numbers are very bad. Uh out of two hundred forty seven hitters with twenty five plus batted balls in this span, his expected batting average is six worst, expected Woba is second worst, and expected slugging is is also second worst out of two hundred forty seven. Uh you mentioned uh no home runs, one extra base hit, also no barrels from Nolan Arenado in his last 15 games. Um, his I mean, tw- that feels like it goes without saying. It, it yeah. kind of goes without saying, but you can barrel. You but know. no, that is a good thing to mention. I think Arenado had, <laughs> not not to get off track, but I think he had like multiple barrels in the, in the NL wild card that, that went for fly ball, <laughs> that went for fly outs. I believe it. Um, but... Uh, Nolan Arenado also has a 23.8% hard hit rate in this 15-game span. That is 21st lowest out of uh, 247, and his 84.7-mile-per-hour average exit velocity is the 13th lowest out of 247 in this span. Uh, Also, overall, he has a 21.6% strikeout rate, which is 3.5 percentage points above his previous career high. And uh, overall, his chase rate is a career high 38.3%, which is in the ninth percentile in all of baseball. Uh, nothing really going well for Nolan Arenado offensively right now. Uh, defensively, still go- doing great, 97th percentile outs above average, so I guess you can rely on that. However, uh, yeah, with the bat, uh, especially over the last 15 games, has r- really uh, been not not good. So uh, Nolan Arenado from both of us getting yeah. A. Slightly alarming. Um, yeah, heck of a job there. Yeah, you as well. Um, so uh, now we get into uh, players and or not no, players and subjects. We get into uh, series and series to watch and day by day matchups. Um, looking at the uh, weekend ahead. Looking at the weekend ahead. Uh, you know, all the series, everyone that's playing tonight will be playing throughout the weekend. Um, just record-wise, uh, two teams that are coming off a couple of rough series um, who were doing well real bef- beforehand were the Pirates and the Blue Jays. Um, it's going to be at PNC Park. Uh, the Pirates are 20-12 and 12 coming off, I believe, a sweep um, where, they, where they got swept by the Rays and then the uh, Blue Jays are coming in 18 and 14. They uh, just got swept by the Red Sox. So um, it's a it's a matter of which team 
is going to bounce back. Um, there's also going to be a battle for the top of the AL Central between the Guardians and the Twins. Uh, yes, the the second place team in the AL Central is below 500, <laughs> but <laughs> the Twins uh, are four games above 500. They're going to Cleveland, um, trying to take down the defending AL Central champions. Um, I think the best matchup record-wise uh, thus far this season is the Braves and Orioles. Um, that is a 22 and 10 team versus a 21 and 10 well, team. Pirates Rays did just happen. Um, yeah, Pirates Rays just did just happen, but like for this particular weekend. Oh, no doubt. Uh, Braves I you meant like for the season. Oh yeah, no Braves Braves Orioles. That's going to be great. Padres Dodgers. Uh, that's another great matchup. Always good to see them. That's a playoff rematch and another playoff rematch. Uh, from last year is Mariners Astros at T-Mobile Park. So a lot of good series to watch here. Yeah. Um. You know, at this point in the season, I think there's a little separation of like where teams are at and where teams are going. Uh, but still, a lot of a uh, really good series to watch and a lot of competitiveness should be going on this weekend. What do you got for the day by day matchups? So today on Friday, uh, the Cubs are kicking off early, of course, because it's a Wrigley weekend series. So you know they're playing a Friday two twenty game, and it's a good matchup: Edward Cabrera versus Justin Steele in Marlins Cubs. That's a fun one on both sides. Uh, you're going to have Chris Bassett and Rich Hill in Blue Jays Pirates. Uh, Lance Lynn versus Hunter Green in White Sox Reds in Cincinnati. Uh, so Yankees Rays, it's Johnny Brito versus Yanni Torinos, a.k.a. a bullpen game for the Rays. They're kind of a make-or-break make break series from the Yankees already this season. They uh, squeaked out a series win against Cleveland, maybe one that some would say they shouldn't have won, but nonetheless, they did it. Uh, as far as namesake, this is a fun one. Chris Sale versus Zach Wheeler in Red Sox Phillies in Philadelphia. Yep. Antonio Santatella versus Kodai Senga in Rockies Mets. Bailey Ober versus Peyton Battenfield in Twins Guardians. Battenfield's looked interesting this year. Max Freed will be facing the Orioles for the Braves at Truist Park. Uh, Kyle Muller versus Brad Keller in A's Royals. Matt Boyd versus Jordan Montgomery, the one good Cardinals starter in Tigers Cardinals. Tyler Anderson will be facing the Rangers tonight for the Angels at the Big A. Uh, Josiah Gray and Merrill Kelly will face each other in Nats Diamondbacks. Clayton Kershaw and Yu Darvish will face each other in Dodgers Padres. It's like a 2014 classic, but also a 2023 classic because <laughs> yeah. yeah, both yeah. pitchers are still good. Corbin Burns and Sean Manaya will face each other in Brewers Giants. And matchup of the night comes from Astros Mariners. It's Christian Javier versus Luis Castillo. Yeah. Uh, the Mariners will be debuting their City Connect jerseys tonight. Uh, they pick, I, I think they couldn't have picked a better game to do so. Friday night against the Astros, Luis Castillo on the mound. Yeah. They're going to need that energy tonight. Not that I have the st statistical analysis behind this, but like Javier and Castillo have been two of the best pitchers since like August of last year. Yeah. Uh, in On Saturday, you will have Adam Wainwright making his return for the Cardinals against the Tigers against Spencer Turnbull. That'll be in St. Louis. Um you will have Drew Smiley facing the Marlins for the Cubs in uh, at Wrigley. Austin Gomber and Tyler McGill will face each other in Rockies Mets. That's at City Field. Domingo Herman versus Drew Rasmussen in Yankees Rays. Herman uh, is like very hit or miss in his starts. Uh, Rasmussen's been solid this year. Sonny Gray and Logan Allen will face each other in Twins Guardians. Uh, Jose Barrios and Johan Oviedo will face each other in Blue Jays Pirates. Nick Lodolo will face the White Sox for the Reds. 
uh, in GABP. He's trying to turn the start to his season around. Brady Singer will face the A's for the Royals in Kaufman. Uh, Corey Kluber and Bailey Falter will face each other in Red Sox Phillies. Kyle Bradish and Spencer Strider will face each other in Orioles Braves at Truist. Alex Cobb will face the Giants for or will face the Brewers for the Giants in San Francisco. Uh, Mackenzie Gore will be facing the Diamondbacks for the Nationals. That's a fun one. Uh, Reed Detmers will face the Rangers for the Angels. The Rangers did not announce any of their starters this weekend uh, at the Big A. And as I mentioned to Chris privately last night, Marco Gonzalez is pitching on Saturday yeah. against the Astros. The Astros have yet to announce their starter. And matchup of the night, I guess, comes from Dodgers-Padres. It's Dustin May versus Blake Snell. Yeah. Not not the most fun. I mean, fun for fun for meme's sake, but, yeah. you know, I don't think anyone's tuning in to watch the, the pitcher's duel there. As of right now, maybe it could be, but both pitchers have struggled this season. Yeah. Going back to the uh, Friday match of the, of the night, Christian Javier... Third in ERA since the start of September last year, and Luis Castillo eighth in ERA since the start of September, and also sixth in F four. And uh, that doesn't even bring up their amazing postseason performances. So that shout out to them. So on Sunday it'll be Tyler Wells versus Bryce Elder, two guys with interesting stat cast numbers in Orioles Braves. Uh, Rowan's Nick Contreras versus Yusei Kikuchi in Blue Jays Pirates at PNC. Tanner Houck and Taiwan Walker will face each other in Red Sox Phillies at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, Ryan Feldner will face the Mets for the Rockies. Uh, Joe Ryan and Cal Quantrill will face each other in Twins Guardians. Garrett Cole will face the Rays uh, on Sunday. The Rays have yet to announce their starter. Mason Miller, who looked awesome in his last start, took a no-hitter into the eighth and then got taken out uh, against Ryan Yarbrough for the Royals. Steven Matz will be facing the Tigers for the Cardinals. Sandy Alcantara and Hayden Wesneski will face each other in Marlins Cubs. That's, once again, a Wrigley. And I actually just closed out of the screen. Okay, there we go. Um, Bryce Miller will face the uh, Astros for the Mariners. He also looked awesome his last time out. That was his Major League debut. Uh, Michael Kopech will be facing the Reds for the White Sox. And matchup of the night does indeed come from the Sunday Night Baseball game. Once again, Dodgers-Padres. It's going to be Julio Arias versus Joe Musgrove. Yeah, yeah. Um... I don't think they directly faced each other in the postseason last year, but they were both. Um, I I think yeah, they were both uh, two near top of the rotation guys. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good to see Matt Musgrove back out there after his uh injury on that weird freak injury he had that resulted in like a fractured foot or something. Mm-hmm. Um. Good to see that. Uh. Yeah. That whole Padres Dodgers series should be fun, especially considering the. I mean, I, I know. Yeah. Three very good pitching matchups there. Yeah. Um. All right, so that does it for this installment of Above Replacement Radio. If you uh, are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch our digital content, go over to the YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio, and uh, I think we'll get those shorts back back up and running. You know, after uh, m- all these finals and this magazine that I'm doing uh, ends and gets distributed. So uh, look forward to more digital content from Above Replacement Radio coming soon. Um, Along with that, uh, go to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify streams if you haven't already and, and follow or subscribe to those. They are called Above Replacement Radio. Also follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gian to follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Current and follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you uh, next time where we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. 
This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.